0: Access is the young adult's ministry of Resurrection Life Church. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kurt Ains. How we doing, everybody? Woo! So good to see you guys. Good to be back here at Access once again with everybody. Um, for those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Kurt Ains, and I've been the pastor here for the last uh, three and a half years or so, and over the next two weeks, I'm going to be uh, transitioning out of here, as many of you know. Uh, I got two weeks left with you guys, and then... Pastor Jake Blaukamp is going to take over in my in my uh, my absence. He's going to do a fantastic job. You guys are going to be in great hands. So I was faced with a dilemma. I knew that I was going to be speaking to you these last two weeks, and uh, as you may well know, after three and a half years, I get you know after praying with you guys and meeting all of you individually and spending time with so many of you here and just getting to know you, my heart has been intertwined with yours and and some of yours, you know, with, with, with mine and Lindsay's as well, and this has been a difficult season for us, and, and we haven't uh, shied away from telling you guys that, but as I was preparing for this, I mean, I, I said to Nick the other week, I said, man, I, I got the last two weeks, I have no idea what I'm going to say, and uh, how many of you know that's a good time to get with the Lord, Amen. and so that's what I did, and, and pretty quickly uh, as I spent the morning uh, with, with God, I knew what I wanted to talk about, and I felt like it came from the Lord, so uh, this first week when I'm going to be talking to you guys, and you guys are going to hand out there with a pen so you can follow along, I want to be talking. I want to teach you guys how to pray because, well, I'm going to teach you guys how to pray tonight, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a little bit. Next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to tell you guys what my personal prayer for all of you has been and will continue to be as I part ways from this ministry uh, so with that, it's going to be a power pack two weeks, so let's strap in and let's go to God who is our helper in a time of need, and I need him right now, and so do you. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Lord, as your body, as your hands and feet. Father, I thank you for um, your anointing power and presence that is always available to us, God. I thank you that we can sense your presence tonight, and Father, I pray that it's it's... Your presence isn't just felt in in times of when we're singing and worshiping together in a community, but that it would transcend and translate outside of here, God, and that we would be able to be more aware of you, God, that we would make ourselves more available, spend more time to become more aware that you are always with us and that your presence is always felt. Father, I thank you that um, this word that you have given to me came directly from you. And from your word, and your word is powerful. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that it would divide us, that it would get into our business a little bit tonight, God. I pray that there would be a revival of, of secret place and secret time prayer that would take place out of this uh, time spent together tonight. And I pray that in all of my inadequacies as a preacher and a speaker, God, that somehow you would, you would speak to everybody listening tonight, God, that you would do a great work inside of them. In Jesus' holy name, we all together said. Amen. Amen. So, many of us struggle with prayer. And if we're being honest with ourselves, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I already know that many of us struggle with prayer. I've had seasons myself and, uh, where I've struggled to connect with God. And I think there's just personally a few different reasons why that might be the case. I think one reason is some people just don't set, enough, set aside the time to do it. And we get so caught up and busy and doing life, right? And, and, and we just don't set aside the time and we don't prioritize prayer with God. For others of us, I think personally that people might not pray to God because they can't see God. And so if I can't see God, why would I pray to God? And then another reason might be that you've never been taught how to pray. Now, I remember uh, when I got born again, May 5th, 2009, I had a radical conversion that took place in my truck, 2004 Dodge Durango. And I knew that I was born again. I knew that I was set right with God, that I was justified, that I was adopted. I could feel it. I couldn't, I couldn't theologically break it down for you, but I could sense it in my heart. Who else has been there? You know, uh, and then somewhere along the way, you know, sin may enter back in, and then it's almost you get to these stages of life where you're like, like David, where you cry out to God, God, would you just restore to me the joy of my salvation? Remember your salvation moment, how beautiful it was? Well, I think sometimes, you know, as as we grow as a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the things that we're supposed to grow in is our prayer life. In other words, our connection with our Heavenly Father. And so a lot of people, I think, you know, get a little bit discouraged because they're not setting aside the time. Maybe they're, they're nervous to pray. They don't know how to pray. They've never been taught, or they just, again, how do I pray to a God that I cannot see? And then some of you have had some experiences with, with prayer, maybe in public, that you know kind of turned you off from, from praying a little bit. Maybe you've been uh, like me as a child. I, I still remember prayer was not a priority in our household. And uh, I had a good friend of mine, his name's Jonathan Smeads. He stood up in our, in our wedding, and, and he's still a dear friend to this day, lives in Hong Kong or something like that right now, and he's, him and his wife are teaching together. Anyways, he lived directly across the street from me and we were best buds. And I remember fourth, it was fourth or fifth grade. It was a big sleepover. And uh, I went over to Jonathan's house and, and at night, when the time came, we went into his bedroom, his parents came in and said, okay, it's time to say your prayers. And I remember uh, thinking, okay, you know, I'll just kind of go with the flow. And, and, and Jonathan proceeded to get down on his knees, right next to his bed, put his elbows on his bed, right? Assume the position, the prayer position, if there is one, you know. And, and so I did the same thing, eyes open, you know, how kids do. And I remember him starting to recite this prayer, and you guys have all heard it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. you remember this? Tim Hawkins does a great rendition of this, if you've ever seen it on YouTube. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake I'm like, bro, what are you talking? I'm not trying to hear this right now. Pray the Lord my soul to take. What? I never wanted to pray again, right? If that's what prayer was, I never wanted to pray again. Some of you have had some other experiences. Have you ever been, you know, in a public prayer meeting uh, like I have where I, I showed up? This is before I even... Uh, began following Jesus and, and giving my life to the Lord to, to follow him with the rest of my life, I went to a men's group that I was invited to, and I'd never been to a men's group, didn't even know that they existed. It was a Christian men's group, and uh, we got they got in this circle, right, the circle of life. I don't know what they called it, but it was like a huddle. It was like a man huddle, right, and so they got in this circle, and then, you know, everybody grabs hands, and then you know how it goes. One guy starts praying, and he's like all the way on the other side, And you don't, I didn't know what was going on. So I'm doing one of these, you know, and I had no prayer life whatsoever, never prayed to God. So I'm sitting there going, okay, is one guy going to pray? And then all of a sudden that guy would stop and there'd be like two seconds of silence and then a guy next to him would start praying. And then slowly but surely I started to notice that they were squeezing each other's hand. It was like going, you know, round the circle. And I remember my heart just pounding and beating through my chest because I did not want to pray right? And then it comes up to me and I remember, dude, squeeze my hand. I mean, I, I had to have been red and my heart was just pounding like many of, you know, your hearts pound when you do public speaking or something like that. Man, my heart was pounding through my chest. He squeezed my hand. I just squeezed the guy's hand right next to me. <laughs> Pass. Playing an uno and I skip myself. Pass. And it goes on and it continues on. And then have you ever had the experience of praying with other people and other followers of Jesus? I've had this experience where all of a sudden you have all these things that you want to pray and all these things that you want to say and, you know, you feel like God's giving you a download and it's about to be on. It's about to be awesome. Like you're going to have the best prayer in the group, you know. But you know how we do. Don't lie to yourself. You, yeah, you all get that one. And then I remember being with you guys. You guys know what I'm talking Scott uh, had, some, had some health issues and ended up in the hospital, uh, what, six months ago? Not even. Three months ago? Time flies. Um, I go up to the hospital to see these guys and, and, and to visit them, and Lindsay and I and the kids show up, and, uh, and Eric Everhart, Pastor Eric Everhart, who I've brought here a couple different times to preach, was up there as well. And so we have this great time together, and at the very end, you know, Eric says, all right, well, we got to pray for this guy. And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely, we're going to do that. And, and Eric says, well, Kurt, here's, I'll, I'll start, and why don't you close? I said, perfect. That's great. So, you know, he starts in, he's praying, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to pray for, you know, quick healing, speedy recovery. And then he's going, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you give Scott a, a, a quick recovery, that it's real speedy, and that it's fast. And I'm going, okay, all right, scratch that one off. I can... <laughs> I can pray for his family in this time, his kids. Father, I just, and then Eric's going on, Father, I just pray for Scott right now. Lord, I just ask that you be with his kids. And I said, well, I'll pray for Shauna, his wife. Father, and that you would just cover Shauna in this period of time. And then, okay, doggone it, I'm just gonna pray. I don't even know what to pray anymore. He gets done, right? And, and he stole everything that I was gonna pray, right? And then he gets done, and then he gives me a little nudge. And I was like, and all God's people said... <laughs> Amen. Did I not? Looked right at him. I said, you stole all my stuff. Said it out loud, man. How dare you? We've all had these, these, these times of prayer that, that uh, you know, some of us, though, and listen, some of us, though, have had some radical, dra- drastic, dramatic encounters with the Lord in times of public prayer as well. Somebody say Amen. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying public prayer is not of the Lord. It's of the Lord. I'm just, I, I'm just saying some of you have, have had those one-uppers that come in with the rehearsed prayers too. You know, they know that they're going to show up to the prayer meeting, and they've been rehearsing all week, and you can tell they're just play-acting, you know, they're, right? They're one-upping somebody. Lord, and they're talking in old King James language. You're like, come on, man, nobody talks like that no more, Right? But the Bible has some stuff to say about prayer, and I want to go into it right now. And you can follow along on your, uh, on your sheets there. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, Rejoice always, and then check this out, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But it tells us that we should be praying continually. But notice also that it doesn't really ever tell us like how we should be praying, right? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So there's this point in scripture when Jesus is on on earth with his disciples, and many of you know this, but his disciples come to Jesus and they end up saying, Lord, as he was praying praying in this certain place, this is Luke 11, when he finished praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, would you please teach us how to pray? Now this is for me... I've wrestled with this for years now. I was talking to Jake about this the other day in the office. And this is just one thing that for me has always bothered me in a good way, but it's caused me to go to the word of God. How many of you know that's a good place to go when you got questions? But why in the world would 12 guys that have been following Jesus Christ every single day, they're spending all this time together day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And we have no idea how long they were with them at this point when they asked them, teach us how to pray. But if they spent that much time with Jesus Christ, why in the world would they have to ask him how to pray? Typically when you spend a lot of time with someone, if you're doing a trade, something like that, electrician, you know, you you do an apprenticeship. This is what these guys were doing. They were basically doing an apprenticeship under Jesus. And you go out into the field and you watch what they do. You learn from them, and then you repeat what they do. You learn from your teacher, and then you do what your teacher does. Now, isn't it interesting, though, that they had to ask Jesus how to pray? How many prayer meetings do you remember Jesus having with his disciples? Interesting, right? How many times do you remember Jesus praying publicly? He did a few times that I know of when he broke the bread, you know the, the, the loaves and the fish, and he said, all he said was, "Father, I bless it." He prayed a couple times, you know, uh, in public, very short, precise prayers when people got healed. He prayed um, in John chapter 17, here's the other place that he prayed in front of his disciples. The whole chapter of John 17, if you check it out, is him praying for his disciples because he's about to leave. He's about to go to the cross. But it's interesting to me that if they've spent that much time together and if they had prayer meetings with one another, wouldn't they know how he prayed? And wouldn't they know how to pray then if they listened to him pray? Are you guys following me? So check this out. This is in Luke 5, 16. It tells us that Jesus prayed and that he prayed a lot. This is verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Now, when you look this up in the Greek, the construction of this phrase indicates a continual and constant practice. And it can actually be translated, he was regularly withdrawing from people, from the crowds, and he was praying. So although we don't see Jesus praying publicly a whole lot and very often or even holding prayer meetings with his disciples, we know that he was absolutely huge on prayer. It was a big part of his life. Every single day he was in prayer. And by the way, prayer for us should be a top priority, not a last resort. Prayer should be a top priority like it was for Jesus, not just a last resort. And by the way, If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, while he was on planet Earth, needed to pray to his heavenly Father, how much more? Come on, somebody. Come on. So let's see what Jesus had to say about prayer, though. This is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. We'll get to the prayer part, the first seven verses. He's talking about some other stuff, but it'll help us get the big picture here. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, not if. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you publicly. And when you pray, not if you pray. You with me? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And on the street corners to be seen, heard by others. Truly, I tell you that they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is, check it out, is unseen. Now, this is for all of you who have a difficult time praying to someone you can't see. Remember, we talked about that earlier? Jesus actually acknowledges the fact that we can't see God, our Father. He says, but still pray to Him when you pray to Him. Yep, and it's like He's saying, yep, I know that you can't see Him, but do it anyways. And then check this out. Then your Father who sees, and Jesus is saying, yep, I know that you can't see Him, but He sees you. He sees what is done in secret, and He will reward you. And when you pray, not if you pray, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Let's read this out of the message translation together. Let's throw it up on the screen. Now, I love, I love, 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 love how the message translation breaks this down. It's about to get all up in our business in a good way. Here we go. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good, so that you don't make a performance out of it. Remember those one-uppers that we're talking about that come to the prayer meetings, they're ready to perform? It might be good theater, but God who made you will not be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. We've seen them in action. I'm sure they're play actors, I call them, treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage, acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause Sure they do, but that's all they get. And when you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes helps you out. Pray with simplicity. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. By the way, that's in the Greek. The word hypocrite actually means that. You're role playing and making a production out of something. You're wearing a mask. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think that your God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. I love this, love this, love this. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. Listen to me. When you praise God and when you pray to God, the focus will shift from you to God always. Prayer always shifts our burdens from us to him, and praise shifts our focus from us to him. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. And when you sense his grace, you know his presence is felt. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what they want from God. By the way, God knows everything you need, but he may not give you everything you want. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. Come on, somebody. Is that good? So Jesus tells us how to pray. And by the way, isn't it interesting that the exact same way that he told us how to pray is the exact same thing he modeled in his own life? And he continually went off to desolate places to be alone and pray. And so when he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, the most beautiful sermon ever preached, he says, listen, I'm going to tell you the how I... Get alone. Get alone. Because you'll never role play before God when you're alone. Because you can't hide. You can't fool anybody. Because you sure cannot fool God. Amen? Jesus is on to something. So... We've heard what Jesus has to say about how we should pray. Then Jesus takes it a little bit deeper. He tells his disciples the way that they should pray. And this is verses 9 through 13 now. He gives the disciples what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Let's read this out loud together. It says this, in this manner, I want you to catch that. In this manner or after this pattern, therefore pray. Let's all say this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So that's the Lord's prayer, but here's the kicker. Jesus never intended on us to simply recite that prayer. He always intended it to be an outline for us to pray from. So he answers the disciples' question, Lord, would you please teach us to pray? And I used to think this all the time, and I've told many people on our team, I've told them, like, if there's times and moments when I would want to go back in time, right, and see some biblical events. And one of the things that I've always personally wanted to go back to see and experience is Jesus's alone time with God. Jesus' prayer closet, him getting into a room, shutting the door, and connecting with God. I've always wanted to see that, and I've always thought, you know what, that'd be awesome to like get swept away in the spirit like some people did in the Bible and and actually experience that. And it's bothered me because I've always wanted to see it, but you know what, the the reality is is I came to a revelation when I was studying this to preach it tonight. I think Jesus did show us and he did tell us. Because why would he, he wouldn't tell his disciples how not to pray. And he would tell them exactly what he prays like, what manner and what pattern he actually prays after. And there's seven things in this pattern that you're going to see. We're going to break it down together. And I'm going to teach you just the way Jesus taught his disciples of how to pray in such a practical, simple manner that I promise you that if you do this and you can use that outline... Listen, I know it's written out, and you may feel weird maybe tomorrow morning waking up and using that outline, but it will help you. By the way, don't forget that they were taking notes. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Listen, we read that out loud together on a screen because they wrote it down. Do you understand that, right? We're good? Okay, so if you need to use this, if you need to use this, please do. But I promise you, if, that, if you just take 10 to 15 minutes in the morning to do this and pray after this pattern. One of my spiritual mentors, Alan Smith, years and years ago taught me and walked me through how to pray in this manner. And I've been doing it ever since then. And I'm telling you, it'll change your days, it'll change your life, and you will grow closer and closer to God every single day, and that's what it's all about. So first thing is this, let's break it down. First thing is this, God wants, and and Jesus was telling us that we are to connect with God relationally. It starts off by saying, our Father in heaven. Jesus wanted us to talk and communicate with God relationally. Now, this is such a great reminder for all of us because so many of us, when we begin our prayers, we start our prayers off by coming with our own requests and our own junk in our own negativity, and our own pessimism, because you've been dealing with it all week, all month, and oh God, oh, and you go Eeyore on God. (laughs) Come on, you're laughing because it's true. I've done it so many times. I've done it so many times. But I'm telling you, ask my wife, I've got family members that come to my house regularly, and as soon as they open their mouth, It's complain, 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 negative, negative, gossip, gossip, gossip. And what do I do? I go like this. Am I telling the truth? I walk away because I don't want to hear any part of it. I don't want to listen to gossip. I don't want your negativity getting in me. And I've had conversations with them. Listen, if you're going to come here and just complain, like, I'm done listening scripture has protocol for coming into the presence of God do you want to know what it is we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise when we thank God listen when my when my kids come to me and they want to draw near to me and they want to dad I'm so thankful for that game you just got me I'm like yeah buddy come here you know bear hug it's dude time and I'm like I want to give you more I'm gonna give you more but when they come and they are whining what do I do I send them to their room don't you come back down here until you change your attitude. You better get an attitude of gratitude upon you, son, before you come back downstairs. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. This is true. And it's, I, listen, how do you think God, our Father, feels who sent his one and only Son to die for you, to redeem you, to adopt you, to justify you from all of your wrongdoing, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and when you come to him, uh, Come on somebody. What dad wants to hear that. What mama wants to hear that. God wants to connect relationally. Yesterday, as I'm I'm putting this message together, it I, I got up. Uh, I was I was doing this in the morning, started at about 8:30. At 11:30, I, I got so Dizzy from looking at scripture and all my different translations and the computer screen. So uh, we needed to do some grocery shopping, and I do some grocery shopping for us at the house. So my wife sent me this app, and she put all, you know, she got all these meals for the week, and now I gotta go get all the food and this and that. So I go to Walmart. I get into Walmart, I walk in, and as soon as I walk in, I'm I'm met by one of the greeters. And the greeter was this a little bit older African-American woman and and, and she was just smiling. I mean, big, huge smile on her face. She goes, she goes, welcome to Walmart. I said, thank you, ma'am. She said, isn't it a beautiful day out? I said, I'll tell you what, it's hot out there. She said, if I hear one more person complain about it being hot outside today, God gave us this day. No, I'm not joking. This is what she said to me. This is what she said to me. God gave us this day, and it's not raining outside. There has been no earthquake, and there is no storm. We better tell God, thank you for this day that you have made. I said, come on, sister, from another mid." praise, like, let's just praise him right here. Come on, get it going. And she just kept talking to me, and I'm like, I need to hear what you are throwing down. And all of a sudden, but I was, like, slapped in the face. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm a pastor. I'm up in Walmart grumbling and, you know, moaning it's hot. My air condition's on at home, but man, that walk, that 200-foot walk was just a bear in that, that 80-degree heat. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I said, I said, I, and this is what I said to her. I said, ma'am, can I just say something to you? You are in, in, in the will of God for, for your life right now. Like You are doing absolutely the, the, the very thing that God is asking you to do. You're loving people right where you're at, right in the middle of Walmart. Good for you. And she says, yes, I know. God is good. I said, yes, he is. And she said, are you a cop? I said, no, ma'am. I am a pastor. And she says, oh, I knew there was something different about you. I said, yeah, girl, you know there's something different about me. It was awesome she was awesome I said bye to her I I went and got my groceries and went through the checkout line I came back and and I said "All right, sister I'm going to see you another time God bless you she says bless your heart young man I said can you be my surrogate grandma (laughs) you are so awesome but this is a good reminder like I'm in the midst of putting this together our father is hot out (laughs) what's wrong with me Stop complaining, right? But this is how we do, God, when we come to him in prayer. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't do do, 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 that. Just be with him as simply and as honestly as you possibly can. He's your father, and he loves you. Just sit there. And, and listen, I'm going to try as we go along this. I'm just going to start praying some things out loud just to give you an idea. You don't have to pray the same stuff. But, God, you, you remember the song that we were singing earlier? Just pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. Father, I thank you that today, God, I get to wake up next to my beautiful wife. I have three beautiful children. God, I'm so thankful to you for that because you introduced me to her. You kept us together. And if it wasn't for you, we'd be divorced. But no, 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 Jesus, you had better plans. Amen. God, I thank you for that, Lord. I'm so thankful for who you are. You're such a good dad. So pull me closer today. Dad, somehow just get me closer. I just want to draw near to you. Like my my son in, in, in the office before we came in here, my, my littlest son, Bodhi, he comes in and he just there's a little wobble. He comes over, you know, and, and he comes up and I pick him up and I'm holding him. And, and he wanted to draw near to me. And how much? How many of you know like how badly I just come here? Man. You know, I'm kissing on him. That's what good daddies do. Pull me a little closer today, Dad. I just want—I just want to know you, God. No matter whatever. No matter what else happens today. No matter how freaking hot it gets, God. You are a cool breeze in the Garden of Eden. Right, like they walked, isn't that what it says in the cool of the day? Oh, shoot, I was wrong. But God, I love you, and I'm so thankful to you. You don't need to do anything else for me the rest of my life, God. I simply want to know you more today. Thank you that I can know you because you sent your son to die for me, and now I can be in right relationship with you. I'm honored and privileged to have that. I love you, Dad. Start off with connecting with God relationally. Second thing is this. Actually, I want to read this to you. Romans eight fifteen. Jesus is also pointing something else, I think, in our Father who art in heaven. I think what he's pointing out that can be easily missed is that the creator of the universe likes to be called Father. He likes to be called Father. Romans 8.15, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Creator of the heavens and the earth, we get to call him Father. That is an honor and a privilege. Come on, somebody, say amen. That's a good spot. Second thing is this. Jesus tells us to worship his name. He says, hallowed or hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Proverbs 18.10 says, God's name is a place of protection and the righteous can run there and be absolutely safe. In order to worship God's name though, we need to know what the names of God are from scripture. And there's eight names of God that you should remember and you can write these down as we go along. We're going to put them up on the screen for you. And you may be saying, well, why do, I, why, why do I really need to remember the names of God? How many of you know that there is power in the name of God? There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's people that can use the name of Jesus Christ that don't even know Jesus and miracles happen. There's power in the name. How many of you know if I send one of my kids upstairs and say, hey, it's time to pick everything up upstairs. And they go upstairs and just say, hey, we're going to pick some stuff up. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, we ain't picking nothing up. But if they go upstairs and say, hey, Dad said... There, it carries some power with it. Oh, dad said? Oh, shoot, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get to cleaning, right? There's power in names. These are the names of God. Provider. God, I thank you that you're my provider. You supply all my needs. Another one is healer. God, I thank you that you forgave all my iniquities and you heal all of my disease. Another one's victory. This is, these are names of God. One of his names is victory. Father, I thank you that because Jesus had his victory, I get to share with Jesus in that victory. Thank you for including me in that. Another one is sanctifier. Father, I thank you that you have set me apart for your good works that you planned ahead of time for me to walk in. Mm -hmm. Peace. I thank you that you're my peace that passes all understanding in the midst of all this chaos and trouble and worry. God, you are my peace. You're my righteousness. One of God's names is righteousness. Thank you that I'm righteous today because of what Jesus did, not because of what I do today. Amen. Shepherd, God, I thank you for leading and guiding me. I thank you that I can hear your voice today, God, because I'm one of your sheep, and, and Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice. So, oh God, I just want to hear you today. Thank you for being my good shepherd. And then one of his names, did you know this? Is there. One of God's names is just, I'm there. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always be with you even till the end of the age. One of God's names is I am there. Who's thankful for that? God is just there. That's so good. Thank you, God, for being there. Hallowed be your name, God. And you can just go through those names. If it helps you, it helps me. You know, I have this, uh, we have this Prayers That Avail Much book, and this is where I learn to pray through the names of God. It takes you through uh, Hallowed Be Your Name. It breaks down the Lord's Prayer, kind of like I'm breaking it down for you right now. And uh, it, it goes through and it describes all the names of God, and there's power in the name of God. So, God, I thank you that you're my shepherd, you're my healer, you're my sanctifier, you're my righteousness, you're my peace, God. You're there for me, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallowed be your name. Third thing is this. Pray his agenda first. Jesus is trying to tell us, pray his agenda first. He says, your kingdom come, your will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. So, Father, I pray that your kingdom rule and reign would come on this planet Today on earth as it is, as, as it is in heaven, that your perfect, pleasing will, God, that your kingdom, God, which is the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, Father, I pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ that your kingdom, which, by the way, your kingdom, Father, I know I know what your word says. I know what you say about it. It's not just eating and drinking, Lord, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, So, Father, I pray today that your kingdom is going to continue to advance. Father, I thank you that there's going to be tens of thousands of people that are going to bow their knees to Jesus today, God, that they're going to give their lives to Jesus Christ, and as they do, you're going to fill them with the down payment of the Holy Spirit, and they're going to have the kingdom of God within them. They're going to be able to experience, Lord, what your kingdom is all about. They can have the righteousness that was purchased by Jesus. They can have your peace that passes all understanding, God. And they'll be filled with the joy of the Lord all the days of their life. Father, I thank you that's going to happen today. And, Lord, I pray for your will to be done, God, not my will to be done. I don't want my will to be done because I know where I've taken myself before I knew you, Lord. And my will took me, my will took me right into a ditch, God. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that and I just tell you right now that I want to surrender my will to yours because I know you have better plans for me than I have for myself. Your plans for me are perfect, God. There's nothing wrong with them. But I need your plans to come to fruition in my life because if they don't, then I'm just gonna wander aimlessly and I'm gonna think that I'm getting it right when I'm actually getting it wrong and I don't wanna do that. God, you know me better than I know myself. So I pray for your will to be done in my life. I pray for your will to be done in my family's life. God, that you would bless Lindsay, Lord, that you bless my, my kids, that, that all of our wills, God, that we would be in your good, pleasing, and perfect will, Amen. that we would walk it out all the days of our life, God, that you'd use my children to change this planet, that Lindsay and I together would walk in, in the plans that you have for us, God, that, that people at Access, Lord, that they would do the same thing, That they would no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but they would be transformed by the renewing of their minds. So that they will know the good and pleasing perfect will of God. That they might walk in whatever you predestined and planned for them all the days of their life. You want to know what my prayer has been for you? All the time is that. Pray for all of you that that would happen. Your kingdom come. And notice how it says, your kingdom come. Your will be done, not mine, not mine. And don't you dare forget what Jesus said before he went to the cross for you and me. He says, Father, I don't wanna do this, but not my will be done, yours be done. Tells us to pray the same way that he did. Drop to his knees, said that prayer, amazing. Is this good? Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All the things that you're worried about are gonna be added unto you. They'll be given to you for free if you just seek first his kingdom and righteousness. God loves it when we pray his agenda first because he knows what we need before we speak. So pray like Jesus did. Number four is this. Depend on him for everything. He says this. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day today. And listen, you may not need anything right now, but God still wants you to ask for it. Isn't that good? So, so we can still come to him and just say, God, I thank you that I got food today. God, thank you I had three square meals. God, I thank you, Lord, that I've got a roof over my head. Father, I thank you that I've got clothing on my back. Thank you, God, for that. But, Lord, I still want a Corvette. Do you think there's anything wrong with asking for it? This is the point. After you Listen, I'm, I'm not kidding. Give us this day our daily bread. God is our provider, right? Listen. If you want a Corvette, go ahead and ask you for you know a Corvette. You might not get it, but I don't think God's going to be offended if you ask for it. But this is the place now. After you thank Him for all these things, for you to ask whatever it is that you that you want. Now, don't you dare forget though. If that you know, uh, Nick, I think spoke on you know the vine and the branches, right? If you're plugged into the vine, Jesus Christ. There's a scripture that says. Ask whatever you desire and it'll be done for you. If, and it starts out by saying this though, there's an if. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you desire and it'll be done for you. Now, here's the deal the longer you hang out with Jesus, the longer that you're actually connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, the more your will, the the things that you desire, by the way, you break it down, D E means of, and sire means father ask what you desire, the longer you're plugged into the vine, the more that the things you desire are going to come from heaven anyway. And then you're going to be actually praying the will of the father and you won't even know it. And it probably, and it probably won't be a Corvette, but you can start there if you need to. And God will be patient. He's long suffering. Come on somebody. Amen. Amen. God, thank you so much for for this meal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, here's my request. That's the time to make your requests known to God. But don't you dare forget, he already knows what you need before you ask. Doesn't say he knows what you want. Because a good father gives his children what they need. And how many times when we don't get what we want, we complain about it? And have you ever thought that God maybe didn't give you that thing that you wanted because it might take you down? Have you ever praised God for the things he hasn't given you? We need to start doing that stuff, I promise you. Because I don't know what I'd do with $2 million. Maybe, Maybe I shouldn't have it. I don't know, but I want it. Am I speaking truth? But if I don't get it, that's okay because I trust God knows me better than I know myself. Come on, somebody say amen to that. That's good. Here we go. Psalm 121 says this, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, 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 no. My help doesn't come from there. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the mountains. After you thank them for, for providing all of your needs, that's the time to make your request known. Give us to this day our daily bread. And number five is this, get your heart right with God and people. Amen. Get your heart right with God and people. says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I love the order of this one too because we cannot sin against others. We cannot sin against each other unless we first sin against God. So Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, Lord. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm following Jesus to the best of my ability, God, but I still sin. I still sin. I still judge people way too much. How about you? I still judge people, Lord, and I, I, I you know... I got angry at my wife. I said things to her that hurt her. God, I didn't mean it. Lord, I'm having I'm having stupid thoughts about that person. And, and Lord, I just need you to take that from me. And, and just get as honest with God as you possibly can and ask Him to forgive you. And then you say, but Lord, these people, you know, I've got people that have hurt me too. Amen. And, and it's it's cut deep. But Lord. I choose right now to forgive so-and-so because who am I to withhold forgiveness from the one who so freely and easily gives me forgiveness for all my wrongdoings? I would be a hypocrite to come before you this morning, Lord, and to withhold forgiveness from someone else because of my own selfish desires. And Father, I don't want that poison in my soul. Because if that gets into my soul, by the way, when you withhold forgiveness, it turns to bitterness, and bitterness is poison. Right. Right. Get rid of it, and I promise you, if you do this one thing, just go after this pattern, and you pray this every single day. It will change you. People will, You'll notice, and other people will notice. They'll be like, what is up with you today? I prayed for you before I, before I even saw you today. You don't have to tell them that. That's what you're, you're thinking inside your head. But honestly, it'll change your life. Check out what Jesus says about this. Because he goes on, and, and this is First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. And then check this scripture out. This is the verses immediately following the Lord's prayer. So he gets done, pray like this after this manner. And then he says this in verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father isn't going to forgive you yours. Ouch! This one's a biggie. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my debts, Lord, as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Number six is this. Engage in spiritual warfare. Engage in spiritual warfare. This is what Jesus was telling us to do. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against people. It's against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Friends, we are at war. We are at war. And by the way, when you go to war, you gotta, you, you got to do some killing. When you go to war, you got to use some weapons. By the way, this is the weapon that Jesus gave us. You want to pray? Pray like this. And when you get to this part, by the way, there's some stuff on your life. There's some stuff in in your family's life. There are generational iniquities that I'm calling you to break right now. They don't last anymore. The buck stops with you, and I'm going to release a thousand generations of blessing to your descendants. But you got to fight for it. You gotta win the war in the spiritual, friends. If we don't win the war in the spiritual, how much is gonna change in the natural? So God, I come before you today, Lord, and I'm, I'm ready to fight. So God, I'm gonna fight for my family. I'm gonna fight for my lineage today, Lord. Yeah, I know that alcoholism runs in my family, but Lord, may it stay far from me and my wife, and may my kids never partake in that stuff. God, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it is, you guys know what it is that you got to fight for. How are you fighting? Are you, even, are you in the Do you even know that you're in a fight? And it's time for you to engage in warfare. And this is what Jesus is saying. Do, you know, deliver us from the evil one. And don't lead us into temptation. By the way, let me get one thing straight to you guys today. God does not tempt you. Actually, a better translation of this in the original Greek is this. And do not lead us into into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's what it says. That's not a good translation. God never tempts us. He only tests us. Okay? The literal Greek translation of this is this. Father, please do not allow me to be led into temptation. Let me break it down a little bit further. You're saying to God, God, today I know that I'm going to face some temptations. There's going to, In other words, God, Father, I know that today there's going to be opportunity for me to sin. There's going to be opportunities for me to get it wrong. So, Lord, I pray that as I stay connected to the vine, as I stay connected to you, Lord, that somehow you'll help me and empower me, give me your grace to help me make the right decisions at the right time so that I don't fall into the temptation. Now, now use some of these scriptures and, and go do your own research, but these are some of the scriptures that I use. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Listen, you think that your temptation is 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 just specific to you? No, no, no. Look. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God you are faithful I love that, God, you're faithful. You will not let me be tempted beyond what I can bear, but when I'm tempted, you will also provide a way out so that I can endure it. Hebrews 4, 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace. Grace empowers us and enables us to say no to all ungodliness, that's Titus. God, give me your grace and your mercy to help me in my time of need. Listen, you're gonna, have, you're gonna be in a time of need again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And scripture says, call out to me. I'll be your help in time of need. Yeah. Call out to Jesus in those moments and he'll provide a way of escape for you. Just say, Father, I trust that you're my shepherd. As I follow you, you will not allow me to be led into temptation. And I thank you that as, I, as I'm tempted, I can come to you and you'll provide the way out for me. Pray that in Jesus' name. And then, seven, and this is last but not least at all. Express your faith and praise God for his ability. Express your faith and praise God for his ability. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus tells us, you better end on a high note, boys and girls. I want you to put your faith and trust and hope in God and give him some praise. Because if you praise, the focus will shift to you and your problems from you to God once again. So he tells us this, Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Revelation five thirteen to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb of God, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Father, I, I need to become convinced, Lord. Pray stuff like this. I don't know, just let it go. Father, I, just, I, I, I need to become convinced like Abraham was, God, that you're able to do whatever you said that you'll do, God. Your promises reign supreme in my life, God, so help me to become convinced in my heart today that you are able to do whatever you said you're going to do. Father, I praise you, Lord, that you are the all-seeing, all-knowing one. You know what I need before I ask. So, God, here's what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm asking, Lord. I'm asking you, Lord, that your will again would be done in my life. But, God... I trust that you're able to do it because you know that I'm not able to fulfill the call and destiny and plans and purposes that you have for me. So I need you to do it because I'm not able to do it. So Father, I know that you're able to do it because you said all things are possible to those who believe. Father, you said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Lord. Strengthen me today, God, so that I may accomplish your plans and your purposes, God. You are able to do so much more than I can even imagine, God. Your word even says it. So I trust and hope in what you said. It's a promise of scripture, God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or imagine or think up or dream up in my heart. God, and you can do all those things, God, according to the power that is at work within me that you placed in me, God. And I praise Jesus for it. And I give him all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Today, God, may I glorify you with my life, Lord. There is, there is no amount of my life that I can't withhold anything from you because you gave it all for me. So here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me. Use me. What about you? He wants to use you. He doesn't need people that are able because he's able. He needs people that are available. Will you just be available to him? And with praise, thank you, Lord, you're able to do it. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory now and throughout every generation. In Jesus' holy name, we all together say Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for teaching us how to pray, Lord. Pray that this wouldn't be another sermon, God, but that this would transform lives every single day from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to join us live, we meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. in the ground floor at ResLife in Granville, Michigan. Or you can watch us online at reslife.org slash live. You can also keep in touch with the Access Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AccessRLC.